no matter what our past is, what our background is, that God loves each and every human being on the face of the earth. One of the reasons why God picked Israel out of a small nation of other nations was actually to be an example, an example of holiness to other nations. That's why God told the Israelites not to mingle with the other nations. Why did he tell them not to mingle with the other nations, not to intermarry? It was because he did not want them to adopt the gods and the practices of the other nations so as to abandon their own God. And yet we have a story here in the Old Testament, Book of Ruth, in which it seems like, you know, the Israelites, the, the Jews are mixing with the Moabites, mixing with another nation. And it seems like, no, 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 you can't do that. That's forbidden. You can't mix with other nations lest you adopt their gods. So first of all, sometimes when you read the Old Testament, you're hearing all these different strange names and you're like, who's this? And you know, these names are strange. So the first thing you may say is, who are the Moabites? You ever say that? You ever ask questions? Like, who are the Moabites? Who is a Moab? So basically, this is the Old Testament, so we have to be true to it. So when Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed, Lot was a, he was a citizen of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, and Lot had two daughters. And because the, the city was destroyed, the two daughters thought that they, they would have no offspring. So they got their father drunk, and they had incestuous relationship with their father, Lot, he did not know, and they conceived two children. And the first child that they conceived, that the daughter conceived was Moab, who became the father of the Moabites, and the second child was uh, Ammon, who became the father of the Ammonites. So that's the history behind the Moabites, the nation of the Moabites, and the nation of the Ammonites. They are descendants from Lot, but it was through an incestual relationship. And so if you're a Jew and you see someone that's a Moabite or an Ammonite, you despise them. Why? Because, because they're considered descendants of an incestuous relationship. You see that? But God has other plans. God has, has other plans. And so in the story of Ruth, you have where there's a great famine in the land of Israel. And the Israelites, they must have been so desperate to go to Moab. They must have been so hungry to go to the land of Moab. And so they go to the land of Moab, and there the, the Israelites, they marry the Moabite women. And who they marry, they marry Orpah and Ruth, who are Moabite women. And so, but then their two husbands died, and Naomi, who's the, the mother-in-law of Ruth, and Orpah is left without a husband and left without two sons, and she just has her daughter-in-law. So here's her Jews and Moabites mingling together. It was unheard of in the Old Testament. And there, when the famine 
is over, Naomi wants to go back to Israel, to Bethlehem. And Orpah stays in Moab, but Ruth goes back with Naomi. And Ruth not only goes back with Naomi, but she abandons the gods of the Moabites and she adopts the Israelite God. And she goes back to Bethlehem with her. So why is this all significant? First of all, that God can use anything, anything that may be bad in our past, he can use it and turn it around and make it good. So something that's an incestuous relationship that when a child is born, God always honors the child. No matter how that child is conceived, that that child is still has a soul, is still created in the image and likeness of God. Because we have lots of immoral practices today of children being conceived, even like frozen embryos. But the immoral practice does not negate the beauty of a child. Even a child that's conceived in rape, that that child is still a child of God and still must be honored and cared for. And so God and his wisdom here, in a a way he brings the two nations together. So why is it significant that Ruth goes back to Bethlehem. Ruth meets Boaz, later on the story you're going to find out, marries Boaz. And then if you see in their descendant line, what would be called a patriarchal line. And if you see that in Matthew and Matthew and Advent, you know where we have the reading that, you know, this person begot this person, and this person begot this person, and this person begot this person, and you have all these strange names in there. Do you know what's in that lineage? In that lineage, a lot of times, even though it's patriarchal means through the male line, but sometimes they'll mention the wives of these patriarchs. And one of the wives that's mentioned in the patriarchal line is Ruth. A Moabite is mentioned in that ancestral line. And Ruth becomes the great-grandmother of King David. Think of that. So you have a Moabite becoming the great-grandmother of probably the greatest king of Israel, King David, who's honored by the Jews today. Even if you see the, Israel, the Israeli flag, it's of the Star of David. So here you have something that's unlikely. A Moabite woman being the great-grandmother of King David. But not only that, Ruth is mentioned in this lineage in Matthew. Matthew's gospel that we celebrate in Advent. So who is also, if if you want to say the line of Joseph, where Jesus was adopted by Joseph, and his patriarchal line goes back to King David and goes back to Ruth. 
You see that? So even in Jesus, the Messiah, his patriarchal line, because Jesus would have adopted his patriarchal line, being adopted by Joseph legally. So legally, he wanted to associate himself with all of his ancestors, with all the patriarchs, and Ruth the Moabite. And it's interesting, if you look at Jesus' patriarchal line through Joseph, that, that you see all these, all these ancestors that, wow, you know, how is that one there? How is that one there? So you have Ruth, who's a Moabite. You have Rahab, who is a prostitute, who wasn't even an Israelite, and so on and, and so forth. So you have all this kind of, it, it doesn't look right. But yet, God draws straight with crooked lines. God is so good that the Messiah, Jesus, he wanted to be in a line. Maybe that didn't seem perfect because he would be the Redeemer, the Messiah. And, and yet, Jesus' human origins actually come from Mary. Don't even come from Joseph. And he has divine origins from heaven. And yet because of his adoption by Joseph, he would have inherited the ancestral line of Joseph also. So Jesus wanted to associate himself with both Israelites and Moabites. Why? Because he wants to redeem us all. Because each and every person is precious to Jesus. That is why no matter how you were conceived, how you were born, and you might think, oh, I was, I was born, you know, from a bad relationship or from a rape or whatever it may be, that God still willed it, that God can still bring good out of it. And Jesus came in the messiness of sin, of even human relationships to redeem us all. And that's why every person that's conceived or born, God still willed it. He still permitted it. That there's still no mistakes with God, even with a Moabite that God can work great things through a Moabite where she becomes the great-grandmother of King David and is in Jesus's, you know, ancestral line, which we read every Advent and the Gospel of Matthew in preparation for the great Messiah. And that's, a, that's one of the stories of this book of Ruth, that God does marvelous things. So even though maybe we see the messiness of human nature, and we see it today, it's, it's all over the place. You just need to turn on the news. It's really messy out there. And sometimes it can be very disheartening. God, are you out there? God, do you listen? God, do you care about us? Do you care what's happening 
here. Yes, God does care. God cares about every little aspect of our life. And God loves us. And he wants to redeem us. And even out of the messiness of our sins today, God can still bring greater good out of it. Only God can do that. Not us. We, we can't do it. But only God can still bring greater good out of our sins, out of the mess that we have made of this world. Only God can, can truly bring us salvation. So it doesn't matter how you were conceived, how you were born. Meaning that you're here and God still loves you. He still loves you. To always remember that God's love is greater than human sin. And God's love will prevail in the world his love will prevail in the end. We need to always have hope and believe in that. No matter how bad it gets, how bad the world gets, God is in control. Jesus has already redeemed us, and he continues to redeem us day by day with his great divine mercy. And so, as it says in the gospel today, that love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love each other as God loves each and every one of us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Dot org. Thank you, and God bless you.